everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. You know, just living the girls, girls type of life. We have such a fun episode today. I know we're going to be talking about, you know, what are the girls doing with Hecate? It's It's been good. I can't believe, one, that it is like we're moving so far into the year already. I feel like I know you and I have already talked about how long January felt and was, but also went by so fast at the same time. Like, I feel like I've aged, but also like haven't. It's so weird. I don't know how to describe it. No, I know what you mean. February like goes by so fast. January is so slow. Then like the blink of an eye, February is like almost over. And as two people who run a business based on the seasons and the solstices and the equinoxes, it's going by too fast. It's too fast. And I can't I handle it. Can't handle it. Can't handle all the great things. And then we look at our calendars and we're like, Chelsea, we, we got to start planning for Halloween right now. Like we're already behind. <laughs> No, we, we do. And this is at the beginning of the episode, I'm just going to say it, uh, spring mystery box presale is dropping on February 26th. So like gird your loins. We are starting with presale first because we are offering more <laughs> spring boxes this year because they're always sold out and you guys always want them. Yeah. So Ted and I are starting early this year. So anyway, mark that on your calendar, follow us on social media for reminders. And we are going to be showing some sneak previews of our spring line, which is based heavily on Persephone and Demeter and Hecate. So it's perfect for today's episode. Persephone, Demeter, Hecate, cult of Dionysus, cult of Isis. It's yeah. mystery cult season. That's really what spring is, mystery cult season. <laughs> I know. And this is a friendly reminder to go back to the episodes where we talked about Eleusis, which is a mystery religion, mystery cult, and the cult of Dionysus, which the girls loved those episodes. Like we said, someone messaged us and was like, how do I get initiated into the cult of Dionysus? And I was like, girl, same. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. do those. I don't provide those services. I am not like devoted to Dionysus in such a way where I'm a name uh maynad, but I'm sure what? someone out there. But the girls could become maynads this year. I don't know. Honestly, like seeing goat penises as part of a ritual. I don't know if I'm about that life. I thought I was. I don't I I, I take that back. I, I'd like to respectfully, you know, rescind my desire to also be initiated only because like when we talked about the initiate possible initiation scene coming from the Villa of the Mysteries in Pompeii, I'm like, I don't want to be flogged. Like, I don't know if, I don't think I'm into that. I'm going to no. have to respectfully decline. Yeah. I, I do respect the hell out of Dionysus because his mystery cult was very, very dedicated to him and the things that they do there. And like, he's fascinating i'm so i just i'm a dionysus enthusiast i love him very much like i love everything about his iconography and because i'm from jersey and he has a, what is it leopard print he has the leopard yes. print i'm like yes like he is a new jersey queen <laughs> he is all about pomp and circumstance and like the leopard print really kind of highlights you know him coming from the east because of his mythology of why he had to leave mount olympus and everything so it's really really fitting but super just it's a frenzy truly from start to finish with the cult of Dionysus but yeah life's been going good can't wait to start teaching again hoping that everybody is loving and enjoying the Hakate 101 course that Chelsea yeah. and I dropped we're gonna be talking a little bit about that later on in like why we kind of started this university mission statements all of the good things for the girls and yeah how are you Chelsea what's going on in the land of Chelsea how am I? Um, we always kind of forget to answer that question because we're always just like talking about like something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just like, I press record and I'm like, I'm here to share my theories and like all of this knowledge and information that I've researched for today. Yes. No, how am I? I'm doing really good. Um, I've been super excited because I have moved into a place where like, I'm actually helping clients with like paranormal activity and hauntings in their house, which, oh my God, I love, I love, it's my favorite. Like you guys know you've been here. Uh, I would not be a ghost host without being a purveyor of ghosts. Like it's my favorite thing. So I actually had, and this is like a really crazy story for all you animal lovers. I had this one client reach out to me and they were like, um, Hey Chelsea, like, I'm pretty sure I have like paranormal activity in my house. Like my dog is always barking in the corner. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get it to stop. I've tried to set boundaries with it. It won't stop. Like, it's just like haunting my house and like weird things are going on. So I go to do the reading and it was, a, it was like this dog, this German shepherd. And it was so no. cute. And I was like, well, it's not listening to you because it's a dog. So like you have to treat it like a dog because the spirit is a dog. Like it's a dog spirit. Yeah. And I was just like, whose dog is this? Like, you know what I mean? Like what is going on with this dog? What do we do with it? So I told the girl, I was like, you can ask Hikate for help because I knew she like worshiped the Kathana because, you know, Hikate is associated with dogs and the restless dead. Um, or it seems like it wants to stay in your house. And she emailed me back with a picture of her German shepherd that had passed away in the house. And she was like, it's my dog that passed away in the house. And I had no idea it was here. And I, when I tell you I was crying, like, Bobbing. it's like when you come across those really sad videos on Instagram and you can't help, but continue to watch. And then you're crying with strangers on the internet. Yeah. Oh my God. I was, she sent me a photo of her dog and I had seen the dog cause I was connecting with it. And it was like, it was so cute, but so sad because it was trying to get this person's attention. And the client sent me a photo of their dog. And I was like, it's the dog. Not well. I know. It was really cute. It was really cute. But I'm it like made that person's day, like to know the dog was still there. But I'm like, oh, not the dog. Not animals, the dog. animal spirits, just like we've talked about this, just like get me to my core. Like I, I can't, I talk to dead people a lot, but when it comes to animals, it's like game over. I don't know what to do. Oh, it's like when I watch TV shows, I'm like, ah, you know, like Game of Thrones, like people can die, whatever. But if the dog dies, no, I'm not watching anymore. Mm -mm. No, no. See you later. I won't. I won't. Like I was scrolling on. I told tennis I was scrolling on Instagram and like I saw a really sad story about a cat and dude, I was straight sobbing. Like I had to put my phone down and it was an uncontrollable sob. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like I can't even think about it. No, I'll start crying. Like, and then I have to look at Kevin and I have to like suck it up and like suck up my own tears that I'm crying on the couch and then be like, yeah, I can't look at Kevin because he'll be like, why did you watch something sad? And I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> it was, okay. It's who I am as a person. This is a really crazy fun fact about me. But like when I was like um, in high school and I, I don't know, in high school, you're just going through like weird phases of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One thing I would do and like, I don't recommend this to anybody. They're very heartwarming, but also like it's sad. I would watch soldiers come home from war and surprise their kids. Their kids. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> it's don't do it. <laughs> And thank you to those of you out there who do serve. Um, we appreciate you and thank you for your service. But like watching those videos, oh my! And the little kids are running to them, and I'm they haven't seen them in months, and I'm just sobbing, like crying with strangers on the internet is my favorite pastime. Fun fact about me: just a little fun fact, like me and Ted watch sad videos in our free time. Oh my god! What was it? I I was scrolling on Instagram the last night, and 
I saw something about like Uncle Iroh from Avatar and like Zuko reuniting in like the afterworld. And I was just like, I'm not well. I need to I need to go to bed. I need to go hug a cat. And I just I need to go. Or my favorite thing to do is try and break up with Kevin for five minutes so I can listen to some like heart-wrenching like breakup music and really just enjoy it and really understand the artist's creative process yeah like when Kelly Clarkson came out with Kelly Oki and redid uh some Billie Eilish songs I was like please can you just please divorce me for five minutes so I can go under the shower stream and I can just feel this in my heart and soul please just girly things like (laughs) It's just girly things. We just want to feel the pain. No, I get it. I felt like that the other day. Like sometimes Lana Del Rey makes me like, I'm not in like a painful place in life. And I'm just like, damn, <laughs> the song doesn't hit like it used to. Like, damn it. But I don't wish that. I don't wish it on myself. No, thankful, myself. blessed, however you want to put it. But like, also- I've been through enough shit. We've been through enough things between the both of us for like a whole lifetime. So I'm good. But like, yeah, sometimes you just want to feel like the... You just want to feel the emotions behind the song. Anyway, that's what Chelsea and Ten are doing. These are, this is really what the girls are doing. Talking about Hikate and watching sad videos and listening to crazy music. And listening to crazy music um, back uh, on The Bachelor nonsense and watching all of that nonsense and drama and thinking, wow, okay. My yeah. life's pretty okay. <laughs> this, is, this is what, these are their stories. Gung gung. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, shall we talk about why everybody's here? <laughs> why are the girls here, Chelsea? The girls are here because the girls want to know more about Hikate and boy, does Hen and I deliver. We heard you loud and clear when you said three podcast episodes of Hikate and all of your social media content is not enough. We need more. And you know what? I respect it because I too love more Hikate. So before we even start, um, got a round of applause for Ten and I, we opened up six and bones university. Um, we have an entire 101 Hikate course that we worked for for months, filming and recording and deciding and doing research for it. Um, we are so happy to be able to share our love of Hikate herself as you know, people who venerate and worship her and devote a lot of their time and life to her um, in her service, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we are just very excited. So our course is now open and... We're, we're stoked. Yeah, super stoked. And honestly, why we wanted to start this was to really make learning and kind of anything that you can imagine that, you know, Chelsea and I specialize in, make it accessible because accessibility is such a huge thing for us. Um, and we understand that so many people are not in college, in school, in anything right now, because one, who has the money to go back to school? Like, not me, I tell you that. In this economy? No. I'm um, not trying to pay four hundred dollars for a textbook again. That that was like that's you know, obscene. That is just like insane. And and this is gonna be a whole nother podcast for another day, but I have a bone to pick with the US education system and the pricing of everything. And that's that. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so we wanted to put all of our skills and brains together to really come up with aspects that we want to talk about and yeah, Hikate 101 is our, our baby. And we really wanted to hyperfixate on a lot of misinformations that have so many people in chokeholds. And yeah, Chelsea it's, and it's I, weird. I wish like I was like a sociology major in all of my extra free time and could just understand why certain aspects of misinformation or of 
um, pseudo facts, pseudoscience, pseudo history, anything like that. Why do certain things capture and why do other things, you know, not like it's, it's so weird to me, you know? Yeah, we definitely touch upon misconceptions, which I know is going to ruffle some feathers. But a lot of what I see about Hikate today is very much like new age spirituality and it's not correct. And I'm going to say appropriate to like combine an ancient goddess with those sorts of ideas. Um, and I always say, because people always ask me, what, how do you like get to know Hikate? You have to know who she is. Like with anything, like know who she is. And like, you know, a few misconceptions, like she's not a goddess of the moon. I see that all the time. Um, she's not the mother maiden crone, which I probably say on every podcast episode. I'm just oh going to open up God. six of those. Hikate is not the mother maiden in crone. Um, that comes from a <laughs> poem. That's that's just like a, a very weird thing that people have captured. And oh there's just like a lot, like even her strophalos, Ten and I talk all about this in the course, her iconography with like her breasts being shown in statues. Um, now that's not to say, you know, Hellenism is being reconstructed, but like removing Hikate from her roots is not appropriate. And like, it's very important to us that we bring light to who she really is, because that's how you know her. That's how you worship her. She has so many different titles and epithets and like, she's so fascinating. I don't know why we try to make her something she's not when she's cool, just how she is. Like she has so many different things about her. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but it's all in our course if you're interested. Oh, like the whole like red string, deep dive, academic blackout version of all of these topics and more are there for your viewing and educational pleasure. I just, the mother maiden and crone, before we move on into other topics of misconceptions, it's so interesting because outside of the realm of religious studies, um, spiritual spaces, spiritual practices, whatever you want to call them, anything like that, it's utterly fascinating that this kind of quote unquote aspect of Hakate as mother maiden crone has made it into like the book side of social media because, and for anybody out there who is uh Sarah J Moss, uh, Stan and your Akatar girly, your Throne of Glass girly, your Crescent City girly, whatever have you, there have been so many theories prior to Crescent City three being released that the three-faced goddess in the throne of glass series and i'm not going to say any spoilers for anybody is hikate because she is the mother maiden and crone and the way i want to shriek mm -hmm. and throw my phone and just scream in archaeology that this is not correct because now it's even come into like uh book talk, books of Instagram, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, no, don't you do this to Akatar and Throne of Glass. Don't you dare. Well, it's like when you know the truth about it, it kind of ruins everything for you because like it comes from a poem from a man who categorized the, the phases of life as a woman as either being a maiden, a mother, and a crone. We are only those three things and cannot be any more and we are not less. You have to be a maiden. You have to be a mother and then you turn into a decrepit old crone. Now I know Tanya and I use the word crone here, but we do it for to poke fun. Um, because witches are always depicted as crones, but it's like, why are we hyping this up when it's like a very weird way and perception to look at women? Like, why do you want to be the mother maiden and crone? And why do we want a goddess to be that? Like, she's only three things. Yeah. And let me tell you, Hikate is not just three things. So she's so what, many. <laughs> what epithet are we talking about Hikate today? Like one of her names that I feel like no one is talking about online except me and you. <laughs> The girlies are not talking about the good things, the good news of Hecate, not as the mother maiden and crone, 
Begone, you mother maiden crone. But we are talking about Hecate in a different aspect, not even Chthonia, not even anything like that. We're talking oh, no, about- that one's too basic for us at this point because everybody knows about that one. This one we're going to talk about today is going to send y'all and be like, I need this in my house and I need to worship this epithet and and work with her in this aspect. That's right. Continue. Absolutely. Because And the girls who get it, get it because it's Hecate Propylea. That's and- right. Propylea is utterly fascinating, and I'm not going to go into my deep dive aspect of titles and epithets. You can join me on that journey in Hecate 101. But the aspect of Propylea is so underused, and it's utterly fascinating because even when you look at the um, translation, transliteration, what does this you know epithet actually mean? It's so multifaceted in of itself that it's used a certain way in artwork. It's used a certain way in the architectural setup of settlements and everything. It's used in so many different ways, um, just as a reminder, because everyday life and religion, there was no separation of church and state back in the day, right? So this epithet is so multifaceted and multidimensional that this this is what the girls need to be using, you know? Oh, I'm here for it. And I'm going to show you, for those of you that are on YouTube, see, Pluto, he knew we were talking about Hikate, and he immediately came over here. Look, here he comes. Here he comes. Excuse me. I have to show the girls the candle, Pluto. We're going to be, this candle is going to be in our store as a prototype, but I want to show you guys like the imagery of Hikate Propylea, okay? She is facing three ways and not as the mother maiden in crone. This is a epithet of protection and um, a mobile protection. Like you would have had a statue and you would have had it outside of city gates, things like that for protection. So you can use this. Look at Pluto. He said, we're talking about my girl Hikate. I must show up, right? You love her, but you can use this in your house as protection. Hikate, if anything, is known as a protector and a guardian in so many different ways, whether it's moving or whether it's immobile, like when she helps Persephone, right? That's moving, moving through things. But this is almost like undeniably immobile protection that you can have. So you can like place any sort of three-way statue of Hikate like this. Um, she would have been associated with terracotta, right, Tom? So a lot of her statues were made out of terracotta. So not that she was associated, but a lot That's of- That's what I meant. Like it was made out of terracotta. A lot of early artworks are going to be made out of terracotta. And I mean, this is just utterly fascinating because the aspect of Propylea is also meshed in this aspect with Hecate Trimorphos or Triformis, which is um, like three formed. So it's three formed, but also guardian. And it's not just her who has this epithet as well. We also see other gods such as Hermes, her uh, partner in crime in the ancient world, really mm -hmm. shown as Propylea. And what does that mean for the ancient individuals of ancient Anatolia, which is modern day Turkey? How were the people of ancient Greece on the mainland using this? And, you know, how can we kind of bring in these ancient aspects and epithets and titles and modernize them in 2024 today yeah I just like I find it interesting because a lot of people you know a lot of my clients or people that I encounter that ask me questions are always asking about spiritual protection and they worship Hikate and I'm like hello Hikate is a protector herself so like yes knowing this is why Ten and I get on our soapbox with these things because when you know these epithets and how the ancients were venerating these gods 
you can incorporate this in your everyday life. And not everybody that's involved in worshiping the gods, like we said, is practicing magic, but like you might want protection. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you're asking for protection. You're venerating her. Why do we celebrate Depnon? All these things. It's like knowing this is like a very powerful tool in your own relationship with her because she's not a mother of witches. I hate to say it, but like that is new age spirituality. I get why Hikate is associated with magic, but like calling her a mother of witches to me, I just like, it's not something the ancients would have done. Like that's not even a term that was used. So like I get the necromancy part falling under magic and like, it is really like a new concept and I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's like, you could do so much. Like Hikate has so many different epithets and so do the other Greek gods. And I feel like people only hyper-focus on like this one aspect because it's cool or it's trending online, but it's like to know Hikate is to study Hikate and like, she is just so many things. So many things. And why was protection so important to the ancient individuals, both in their everyday life, in their home, in their personal private lives, in the city life itself. And then going into like the religious spaces, the sacred spaces and delineating those entryways, um, aspects of sacred versus non-sacred and all of that kind of stuff because at the base of everything with Hikate that I know Chelsea and I really hyper fixated on with the entire course was really focusing on yeah you know magic necromancy all this stuff slaps right absolutely we love cursed tablets we love that the girlies are you know binding people thousands of years ago we love that but at the core of who she is especially when you look at her Anatolian origins, which may go earlier than that, we are seeing, especially at sites in modern day Turkey, how important the aspect of protection was, because I don't think that is stressed enough in how gods, goddesses really interacted with their worshipers and their people thousands of years ago. Everything was about the survival of these ancient individuals. So it could be the people of Anatolia. It could be the people of Greece. It could be, you know, the people of Italy in the Greek colonies there. And it's utterly fascinating because every time that we are seeing this goddess show up, her artwork show up, where we are seeing her in Triformis, it is always having to do with protection. Yes. And highly recommend, you know, we talk about the site of Lagina a lot, open up a map of what the site looks like. And imagine if you were there thousands of years ago, how you would be interacting, not only with the site and the temple, but the environment around you, because everything was totally different than it is today. Absolutely. And like Tendra said, it was a hyper fixation of ours when we did this <laughs> course to bring light to some of like the epithets and misconceptions, because like, the best way to learn about things is to just honestly simply like don't follow spiritual trends or what people are doing online because everyone hyper focuses on one thing but it's like to really understand and create your own practice and relationship you have to decide what epithet that you need to be calling upon and venerating and working with and what's going to work for you in your life and like what aspect of hikate do you want to know maybe it's all of them like me you know i want to know all the things <laughs> I do oh. all the things, you know, but, but I also do practice necromancy. So it's like, I need Hikate for certain things. Absolutely. So you would, you would you know how to be- go ahead. You would know how to differentiate, you know, that you might need uh, Hikate Chthonia if you're using a curse tablet versus Hikate Propylaea if you need protection or delineation at a sacred space versus Hikate Propylos if you need a guide or moving through a liminal space. 
Absolutely. So just PSA to the girls. Know your epithets. No, oh my God. I feel like Dwight from The Office. Know your rules. You better know your rules. So with that being said, we also, I mean, the people were coming out of the woodwork for the Strophalos. And this is just, I don't know why. This is the question I have to all of you out there, all the ghosts and ghouls who are listening. Why? Why the Strophalos? Yeah, so this was an interesting one because when you Google Hikate, like her strophalos is one of the main things that comes up. And for those of you that don't know what a strophalos is, it is that wheel that you often see associated with Hikate, um, which Ted and I did a deep dive in on in the course. Um, I know you touched upon it in like some iconography and symbology. We're going to keep it short and sweet because we don't want to ruin the course for people, but like it's not something that's associated with her. So no. One I don't know why we're using it. Um, and this goes to show you just like the misinformation that people give because they're not deep diving into it because you just see something, you take it and you're like, oh yeah, that's Hikate. And I get it. But like, it's just think deeper about the things that you're doing. Not only that, but investigate, you know, I'm a curious little kitty cat and I know Chelsea is as well. And we won't take, you know, oh, so-and-so says this and that's not a source. So-and-so is not a source. But with that being said, if you really deep dive on this, you will see more often than not people wanting to attribute this wheel of her to Mycenaean artwork, which also boggles my own mind because I didn't know the Mycenaeans were making a comeback in uh, people's hyperfixations today because that is something I heavily have studied as an Aegean prehistorian. But the Mycenaeans, as a Sparknote version, the Bronze Age ends roughly around 1200. Hakate doesn't come to Greece until much later. So why are we bringing the Mycenaeans into this? And the iconography that people are saying, the Mycenaeans had this. They did not. I can guarantee you from the bottom of my professional soul, they did not. They were not using it that way. And it is not the same iconography. Yeah. So there we have it. Like those are the <laughs> few things about Hikate. Um, and that this is really what our whole course is about. It's like, <laughs> What's going on? I know I also, at the end of the course, um, I talk about one of her sacred days that like I personally celebrate, which is Defnon. And I, and I go into like a whole spiel about Defnon. Um, there's a guided meditation to meet Hikate in a liminal space. Um, I think that's really important. And we do have resources on all the things that we are talking about. We have a nice little bibliography for you guys. So yeah, just, you know, we just wanted to get on here and talk about Hikate again, because you know, we love to give information to everybody so that you can use it and like use it in your own worship and practice and understand and be like, you know, she's not a goddess of witchcraft. Yeah. Go out there and fight the good fight for yourselves and, you know, lead your own system of re-education to others out there who might be misinterpreting, you know, aspects about her. No, for sure. And listen, I get it. Like research sometimes is really hard. And, and unfortunately Google is just not it's it's like it cannot wild (laughs) oh my god i sometimes search things just for fun to see what comes up but i'm like wow (laughs) wow i just hurt my own feelings you search hades and the hades video game (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's absolutely wild like what comes up and just as a great reminder for everybody blogs are not scholarly dictionary sources not scholarly encyclopedias no Oh yeah. Please. Speaking of blogs, 
um, Ten and myself are going to start writing some blogs for our website. So um, we will keep you posted on that. But if you're interested, you can subscribe to our emails on our website and you will receive notifications of when we drop some blogs on some, you know, some information we feel like talking about that day and just having some more like educational content. Um, as two girls who devote ourselves to the Chthonic, it is our job to go out there and do some re-education. And now you have the knowledge. Knowledge is power here at Sticks and Bones. Oh, absolutely. Knowledge is power. Power is pizza all the kind of cool things with that. And, you know, with talking about Hikate and the dogs of it all, we, oh my God. Yes. You're, I, I almost forgot this story. And I was like, I hope 10 doesn't end the podcast. Cause like we have no. to tell this story. And speaking of dogs, you know, you guys have been loving the Cerberus candle and we've talked about, you know, why are dogs so important in the ancient world with being a patropaic imagery. And we love the mosaics coming from Pompeii. Um, a lot of which you can see from the archeological museum at Naples, but we as two girls, two shop owners have come into some pickles, if you will, concerning some dogs recently. And that is because we had a incident in the store where a client, customer, great customer reached out and said, hey, like, I have an issue. Uh, we got the order. There's nothing in it. And we were like, oh, shit. Because we all remember that one time Chelsea and I just didn't close envelopes when we were shipping things out one season. And this individual sends us a, a video and everything, and we're looking at it. The entire order was cleared out. And for everybody out there wanting to know what was in, what's in the box, what's in the box, man, Cerberus candle, which comes with a piece of pottery to, you know, do ancient magic like the girls do. And the Acheron candle, which of course we know the Acheron as a necromancion, which was a sacred temple to Hades and Persephone located on the Acheron River, which of course the Acheron River has mythological ties to being one of the five infernal rivers of the Greek underworld. So we, we've had quite an adventure with this one. I, I just don't like the fact that this poor customer like we shipped their order they sent us a video of it being completely cleaned out of the box like someone had stole it i have questions for the people that stole this now it's bubble wrapped yes i'm sure you don't know what it is to open it but are you like not crying and wanting to give it back because you are realizing it says necromancy and there's like <laughs> a barking dog and guardian on there and that and now i would say the cerberus candle did its duty to its school because it's like it might have protected you from something like you know what i mean but as imagine stealing from a witch like and then knowing that and that's settling in deep in your core of like i just stole from a metaphysical store just am i cursed because like we chelsea and i were like just looking at each other like okay like there's always going to be porch pirates like there's nothing we can do to get that but like they're bubble wrap they're the seven day candles so like this person probably just took everything and then like unwrapped it at their place our car getaway car i don't know and then, like, what do you do when you see this, like, artwork of an individual raising a shade of the dead? And it says, Acheron for necromancy. Like, I have some questions. <laughs> I, I just want to talk. And you can't even just, like, throw those away because they're consecrated a certain way. So it's like, uh, you know what? That person got what they deserve. Do not steal from people's porches. And PSA, to anyone out there that does that, you might be stealing from someone's box and it's a metaphysical store. So... It's so interesting. Like, and and then you have like the Cerberus candle, which as you know, we all know why the ancients were using dogs, but the image not only has a dog chained up, it has weapons, which the ancients also thought would protect them and everything. 
and it comes with instructions with its own piece of pottery so like i'd be scared if i opened that and been like that person got what they deserved that's what i think i'm like you should not have stolen from this person's house like that's the definition of like fuck around and find out energy now you got stolen witch metaphysical (laughs) store ancient magic goods that you can't just throw away you have to do something with that specifically and now you got like the service guardians sitting in your house of like I just, uh, to be a fly on that wall to like see the reaction of like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I don't know. We had an instance where that happened with a King Hades candle. And I'm like, I would be absolutely terrified if I stole a candle and it was for a God. Like, I'd be like, I'm, I'm literally, I don't know. Like, cause now you're stuck with this candle. You can't just throw it away. You can't like disrespect it. Like, no, like, what do you do? And it's, it's so true with, with what you said about like, they'll fuck around and find out of it all because Chelsea and I have, you know, after the giggle fits that have ensued after what was this person's face? Like when they read for necromancy, like I would have paid pay-per-view money to see what their facial reaction was. And Chelsea and I were just, you know, joking around and saying, but what should we do? Like, do we need to put like a conditional curse on this? Like if somebody steals it, because I mean, the ancient peoples of Greece and Rome were doing conditional curses on, you know, funerary monuments and tombs. So like, who's to stop Chelsea and 10 for doing conditional curses on, you know, packages for the story. If it's not for you, don't open. Uh, I, yeah, I, I really was considering making stickers that have conditional curses on them and putting on the box so that like our customers were not getting stolen from, but it's almost kind of funnier when like people don't know and now they, I bet they learned the lesson of a lifetime. I tell you that not stealing a neck, a sacred necromancy candle. And like most people, they hear the word necromancy and they just like, think you're like reanimating a corpse in your backyard. Like when we know here at six and bones, it's just communing with the dead. But like people think you're like doing Frankenstein shit in your backyard. Like that's my whole thing. Like if, if this individual who stole it is not like listening to sticks and bones or like any historian, like not like shit, if they're not even watching like ancient aliens, but like, what do the regular people think necromancy is like? Oh, I could tell you. Cause when I told my dad I was performing necromancy, he was like, are you bringing people back to life? And I was like, <laughs> why is that what everyone like knee jerk reaction goes to? It's like, yeah, I have that ability, dad. I'm just going to go out there, dig up a few graves and start like breathing life into people uh and just keep on with my merry way like disrupting the whole balance of the universe you know like no big deal it's fine just just girly things you know just girly things (laughs) that's what people think necromancy is it has a very bad um misconception to it but i think i mean it makes my mediumship sound so much cooler when i'm i'm performing necromancy and it's just simply communing with the dead. But I do do Greco-Roman necromancy, by the way. I have Oracle of the Dead readings. Um, I just put some new bookings up for February. I do channeled readings with Hecate. I do readings, um, the high priestess readings with King Hades, if you need their assistance on something. Um, I do do Oracle of the Dead necromancy readings where I will raise the dead forward for you, uh, Greco-Roman style, using the Acheron candle, to be honest. And what else? Oh, I also have some spiritual guidance readings. So Yeah. I I also want to give a PSA. Like I do not give advice via DMS. So like, if you do need help, like there are services, I also do paranormal diagnoses. So like to check those out. Um, a lot of people like to like tell me their dreams. I can't interpret a dream for you in my DM. That's going to require a whole, like, now I got to get an ancestor forward. Now I got to get a tarot deck. Now I got to put the pieces together. You know, it's, it's not just like, 
it comes to me. Like I have to like sit and like work on work at it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't just text you my theories. <laughs> no, dude, it requires me to get some incense. I got to get a candle. There's a whole process behind getting an answer to a question that a client has. <laughs> I think like it's very interesting when I get those DMs because I know people are just genuinely like they don't have anyone else to tell. It's like they're telling me, but I I don't know what the dove meant that you found dead on your doorstep means. Like I got to do some some research behind that one. <laughs> I got to call an ancestor up via some necromancy and be like, hello. Hello. Done. If you want the art historical meaning of what the dove represents, I got you. <laughs> yeah, but you got to do some research for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I looking at, you know, Baroque artwork? Am I looking at Northern European Renaissance, like Van Eyck kind of iconography? What are we talking about? What are the girls doing? <laughs> There's misconceptions about like spiritual people before we go that we just like know the answers to everything. And we don't like, <laughs> I have to go and ask my ancestors who then maybe are going to tell me or maybe not like. You know what I mean? It's it doesn't it doesn't just like appear in my head of like here is the answer to these riddle th riddles three. Like I have to do a whole. Chelsea's not a magic eight ball. <laughs> no, that's why like when you book a service with me, you'll see I have incense going. I have candles lit. I've had to cleanse my space. I have to make sure my room is set. I have to make sure I'm feeling good that day. Did I eat the appropriate thing? If I'm channeling Hikate, I can't eat meat beforehand. Okay, I have to be vegetarian. Um, so there's a lot of things that goes into it. <laughs> that's why people say like. You're going to have to book a service because I got to break out all this stuff. <laughs> the girl, I got to, I got to make sure I'm cleansed. Mm -hmm. Even for you, if someone asks you a question, you're like, I got to go find something that supports that. Hold on. Hold on. I got to go to my library and flip open this tome of knowledge. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> like, absolutely. It's, it's like, I'm telling you, it's a process. No, it is. And it makes me like flashback to like when I was taking my doctoral exams, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's a three-day kind of process spread over three weeks, but you have to like pass to move on to the next one. So like my broad exam was eight hours that I was just writing essays and answering questions. And I remember you're not allowed to have notes or anything. Like you literally just have to like go in your brain and like go to your brain's like filing cabinet and try and remember who like said SpongeBob, what. that spongebob thing you you know what i'm talking about where spongebob in the brain is like everything's on fire and he's trying to pull out the filing cabinet drawers and he's like fire drill how do you how did you get this um how did you get the film recording of what it looked like when i took my doctoral exams chelsea you know what ten it just came to me in this very moment it just went honestly it's like you're psychic and then if you pass your general, then you have to take a six hour exam the next week on your specialty. And then after that, if you pass, and if you're still alive at that point, then the week after you have to do a one hour, what seems to be like a grilling session, which I think I would have rather been crucified. Um, I just blacked out. I don't really know what happened during that hour. I guess I passed. So, I mean, I must've answered. <laughs> I, when it comes to tests, Listen, this is why I say some people are just meant for certain things. Like what you just described, <laughs> I'd rather just go summon the dead, honestly. And that scares other people though, where they're like, no, dude, like that's crazy. I'd rather sit in a haunted house with a demon for a night. How much would it take for you to spend the night in the cemetery sort of energy than do much. all that? <laughs> but like, Not much, see, maybe a Klondike bar. <laughs> everybody has a threshold of things they won't do. And those types of tests for me, it just ain't it. I don't know. What won't I do? Heights. I can't go on heights, man. Heights. No, we have this in common. We talk, I, Ferris wheels scare the shit out of me. 
my hands get so sweaty and I'm turning into my mother. You ever have that moment in your life where like you reach a certain age and you say something and you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm turning into my mother. Yes. When I'm cleaning my house because I'm stressed <laughs> and I'm in my schmata and I have like my uh, pledge in one hand and a, a Swiffer duster in the other. <laughs> and my mom, she like puts her hair up in like a claw clip. We call it the clatch. Like we're like, she has her clatch on today. She's, she's ready for business. And I looked at myself in the mirror the other day and I was like, <laughs> my mom, like it's, it's gotten to the point where if I'm just scrolling on my phone on Instagram and a reel comes up and like this person is like, has no fear and like not even God can scare them when they're like scaling buildings and like parachuting, like talking, my hands are sweaty right now thinking about it. Like I, Pilar, is that you? <laughs> no. And people that shake the Ferris wheel carts, you are some type of crazy. Cause you why are you doing that? The death penalty. <laughs> like, especially with me in it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like when you tell someone you're afraid of the Ferris wheel and you're already in the car and they start going, like they, they're shaking it. Like I, no, I'll it's strangle not, you. It's not funny. It's not cool. Like heights. You're so right. Heights for me. Anytime I'm on an airplane, I'm trying not to die, like have a panic attack. Mm. Um, because when you're going up and you just keep getting higher and you're just like, yeah, I I've like later on in life, I've developed a lot of like weird little things that I used to not care about, but now they're yes. just anxiety. Yes, absolutely. And my mom said that does happen. Like when you get older. I think the worst Ferris wheel experience, and for anybody who's ever had this and gone on it, let me know your thoughts. But everybody knows my thoughts on Tower of Terror. But I went to California Adventure back when it was like the summer between my senior year of high school and going into my freshman year of college, which Jesus, that was so long ago. And we went to California Adventure, which is across from Disneyland. There is, I think it's called like the Pixar Ferris wheel. No, I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know the one I'm talking about? I am in never going on that thing. I see it in every photo and I will never, you will never, you can never pay me. I won't do it. So the catch is for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, every other cart is like a normal Ferris wheel. You're just in the normal one where it does kind of just, you know, like kind of sway normally, right? Every other one in between those is on a loop, like an oblong oval. And this Ferris wheel cart is on wheels, meaning as the wheel is a churning, this cart is going to be moving on this oval, meaning at one point in time, you will almost flip upside down. And I am gripping the iron gate on the inside, praying to any God who will answer me. I was screaming as we came back around, please let me get off. And they wouldn't Would you let say me. you pray to Hecate Propylaea? I was doing anybody. I did not care. I was just anybody who can get me off of this thing. I was like the way I almost like Hulk moved this iron grate in front of me. Like, no, that's scary. I, I, I can't, my heart rate is raised talking about it. <laughs> no. And this reminded me really quick before we go. Um, I would like not go on upside down roller coasters when I was a kid. So like the girl scouts took us to six flags and the first upside down roller coaster I was forced on was called Medusa. And I should have known then I would be a Greek myth girly. Like, it was, they had like this crazy, um, I'm really dating myself for those who live on the East coast, six flags in Jacksonville, New Jersey, Jackson, New Jersey. Sorry. They, they had this big bright green Medusa roller coaster and it was all about like upside down twists, like to represent the snakes in her hair. And I was the only one that like, wouldn't go on upside down coasters. And then like, I, I finally was convinced to go on this Medusa one. And I went on it like five times after. 
Oh, really? I loved it, but it was my first roller coaster. It was Medusa. So I'm always like, shout out Medusa. Gang. <laughs> shout out Medusa. Thanks, the girl. Girls, <laughs> the girls went on Medusa roller coasters, and the girls at their elementary school book fairs were getting the mythology books. And that was the gateway drug for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I should have known them, but I didn't. I just, I just had like this, like, I just remembered. I'm like, Medusa was my first upside down scary roller coaster. It's a Girl Scout. <laughs> That's what the girls are doing. Yeah, it was a Girl Scout. See? Um, but I got anyway. a question before we go. Oh, go ahead. How, how far did you make it in Girl Scouts? I don't remember. I still have my Girl Scouts jacket with my badges on it, and I will not See? get rid of it. I won't get rid of it. Like, it's the one thing in my closet that, like, oh, I re- do you remember? Yeah. On my honor, I will try to serve exactly. God in my country. To protect people at all times and to live by the Girl Scout law. Oh man, I tapped out at that. I was like, I got the, I got the motion. I can't tell you anything else. Yeah, we used to have to say this all the time. Um, shout out Girl Scouts. I feel like it's a very girl experience to be in Girl Scouts. Like most people usually have been in Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. I loved it. I can't remember how far I got though. I think I tapped out at like sixth grade, so I made it. What do you would? Do you start as a brownie or do you start as a daisy? I don't remember. Oh no, I never made full Girl Scout. No, no. I If I could go back in time, I wish I made it to the full Girl Scout. I don't know if I would. I think I'm pretty happy. I got out, got my cookies. I'm a, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. No, I don't know how far I made it, but yeah. Shout out Girl Scouts. What a lovely organization. I really enjoyed that. Cookies still slap. They do. Although they and- changed their names, which I don't understand that. Yeah, that's weird. Why change something that's good? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, oh, can I have a box of Samoas? And they're like, you mean Caramel Delight or Caramel Delights? And I was like, what the fuck is that? What is a Caramel Delight? <laughs> like, they're it's just... coconut. Like, I guess there's caramel in it, but, like, it's mainly coconut. Don't you just feel like a boomer sometimes? Like, <laughs> sometimes, and shout out boomers, because I know some of you listen to us. Shout out, you guys, um, for not liking millennials for a weird reason. I don't know. Anyway. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of like uh, Gen Z content come up like Gen. I don't know. I don't know the generations too much, but I sometimes feel like an older generation where I'm like back in my day, 2012, we had Usher playing in the clubs and like we had all the fun music. <laughs> we had all the Ludacris fun music. was ludicrous <laughs> and all over the world in 2012 and like the clubs, David Guetta, like, you know, the club music we used to have, they don't make music like that anymore. And that's the last thing I'm going to say about that. But I feel like <laughs> I'm like, man, the music we had used to stop. <laughs> back in my day <laughs> and that's how i feel about like when my dad says oh no the 80s music used to slap and i'm like you're right it did but let me i present to you usher in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> bring to your attention little john <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay all right all right we got so sidetracked but that's okay because this episode is what are the girls are doing this is what the girls are doing and we hope that you really enjoyed um talking about hikate propylea 10 take us home where can people find us Where's the course? Where are we? Where are we? I don't know. Where, where, where are we? It's one day after the new moon, so I don't, I don't, it's okay. Who's to say? Know. Happy Dapdon, everybody. Happy um, Dapdon. But with that being said, you can find our um, Hecate 101, Hecate's Wheel, Mythology, History, and Practices. You can find that in the show notes. Um, thank you, Chelsea, for that. You can also find that available on Teachable, and you can you can also, I'm just choking on my tea right now. You know, <laughs> China, you, know. Um, you can also find it linked in all of our link trees, all of our beacons. It's going to say, take our course, Hakata 101. So you can find that anywhere that you follow Chelsea, myself, Sticks and Bones, the store, Sticks and Bones, the podcast, Sticks and Bananas. Those aren't real. 
No. But with that being said, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, don't forget to shoot us an email. Do you have a spooky, scary skeleton story? Shoot us an email. We want to hear all about that. If you have questions for the dead and, you know, want to see necromancy done, go ahead and book a service with Chelsea for the month of February. And I have some pretty cool news. I'm going to be going to Egypt in September. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and more details about that will become available probably when this podcast is already out. So pay attention to that. And Chelsea and I will see you guys on the next episode. Have a great February. I hope the Galentines and the Valentines were all amazing and go get yourself some incredible chocolate and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.